Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hello everyone, welcome to the Tej Talks YouTube channel. Now I'm sitting in a kind of familiar place with kind of a familiar face. Mr. Adam Rana is joining us again. Thank you for having me. Um, we filmed this sort of thing like a year or two ago mm-hmm. in the same sort of setup, in the same sort of place in Birmingham. <laughs> Um, but we're going to cover some new topics this time, and you are an essay master. You are known, renowned for your essays, not just in Birmingham, yeah. the wonderful city of Birmingham, but another less exotic place in Birmingham, which is Dubai, um, which we are going to talk about in some of these videos. So, um, for people who don't know you, really quickly, who are you, what do you do? So yeah, thanks for having me first of all, Tej, um, and this is my, one of my third, I think my third time on here. I think yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's, been, it's been a good journey. So my name's Adam Rana, um, I'm a spe- specialising in uh, service apartments, service accommodation uh, around UK and internationally now recently. Um, so that's what I do mainly, service accommodation uh, for, for cash flow reasons and to you know, build up my, my passive income into developing into assets, uh, using that money into doing BRRs and, and, and into getting into land development. So I use that. My background is getting passive income from service apartments and using that money to grow my assets. Cool. And how many service apartments do you, are you managing, are you controlling right now? So we have over, I think, I don't have the exact number, I think about 40 at the moment, 40 plus. Okay. Yeah. And- well, you started how long ago? When did you have zero? When did you start at zero? So I had I had zero at 2019 January. So first one was 2019 okay, so February. Yeah. Okay, so then two in a little bit. Two years. in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So you know the purpose of today's video um, is to really talk about how to secure your first essay. Now, obviously, you're you know you're you're 40 away from that first essay. But I remember when you got that first yeah. essay, or when you were around the first sort of three or five, I think. So, for anyone considering essay, I suppose before we go into like how to find it, maybe we should talk about the work required. Because you said passive, but yeah. at the start, how intense is you know finding and managing an essay? Yeah. No. So it's, it's, I would say it's not passive to start with. But definitely not. So I like to keep it honest and real in this. Um, it's not passive at the start. I manage it. I've done the whole journey uh, to a, to a certain extent. So. Three, nearly three years on, let's say three years on, you know, I've got a team, I've got multiple, I've got my own cleaning company, I've got my own maintenance company, so there's a lot of things that are born out of the first essay that I did. So the first essay um, is not passive because you're still, you know, getting to know things and, uh, and literally you and meeting, I was meeting the guests to check them I in. That, yeah. um, and so that obviously not makes it passive, but you know, there are ways you can still make the first one passive as well, say if you're working as a doctor or engineer or whatever you're in a corporate job you can still make it passive by having channel managers and and systems and processes and, uh, and softwares to run run your things and, and maybe having a, uh, a small contractor to help you out on, on maintenance stuff but you know the actual real work and the kind of hustle that goes into it is not what these people sell dreams and say no. oh just get an essay and make four grand a month it's like you know you're dealing with humans yeah. which is a huge pain in of itself buildings again a huge pain yeah. you know I mean I've seen your boot full of stuff right and you're you're kind of going to Ikea lugging stuff there's a lot of stuff that you used to do that I think was part of your growth and 100% now you know when you tell someone else to do it you know what you're doing yeah yeah so that's a good point you made part of my growth that word that you use so 
that is what I understand now because I have a staff and you know it depends on everyone's goals so people do want to do they want to make it into a business which they say scalable and sellable so my end goal is to sell have a value to the business where it's sellable so to make a business sellable it needs to have processing system a team and structure so when I started I wanted to be in the business and I'm talking like for the first two three even four because that was my passion I, I love hospitality I do love property um, hence we're still here three years on um, for me, yes, I didn't make it passive because of that reason. So I went to IKEA, I went to Argos, I went to all of these uh, like you know places where there were no deliveries, and I went to pick it up myself because I wanted to look at the product. Whereas so I want to, I want to try and give both sides of passive and non-passive as well. So there are different types of people. So yes, you can order a delivery from IKEA and get everything sorted and delivered, but then you're waiting a week or whatever. Whereas I was like, you know, I'm going to go buy it and look at the different designs and feel the different designs. So that's why I did that, um, and yes, that makes it non-passive, but then that allowed the growth that you mentioned, because now the people that are working for me in the design team, or in the installation team, or whatever, it's like, I know exactly that chair over there, if that's gonna break or not, or whatever material that is. Um, so yeah, it's not passive if you're reaching that goal or trying to achieve a growth, uh, scalable goal. However, I would not, I don't wanna shadow people's dream, it's not, you can still, employ people you can still contract people or you can still mm. get it delivered to make it more passive yeah I think it's very easy to look at the success and the income and everything that comes from it and for people not to look at well hold on a minute you're dealing with like a new guest maybe every other night every few nights yeah. whatever it is like you're dealing with people you know getting charged by some credit cards you're dealing yeah. with them leaving shit literally yeah. you, you know there's so much you're dealing with that I think people need to come into it with their eyes open, right? So if we if we look at that kind of first essay then, uh, you know, before we even look for an essay, mm-hmm. let's say someone has free reign, they can kind of go anywhere. Um, where should people look to have an essay? Where's a safe place? So I've got an essay and I only do it because I've got tourism and other contractors. Mm-hmm. Personally, in this area, I wouldn't do it with just tourism. It's just mm-hmm. not enough to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Are those, you know, what kind of things like that do you think of for an area to ensure that you're going to have occupancy, it's going to be safe? Yeah, so there is no, I wouldn't say safe, safe because it's, a, it's an investment, it's a risk. So it's always going to be, it's always going to be a risk involved, especially with all this COVID stuff happened where mm-hmm. we've literally flipped it, flipped the coin. So there's basically you had losing money where we, we've talked about this on your thing on your last podcast, where I've lost a lot of money and now flipped it, we're making £1,500 net profit on a, on a, on a two bed like this, you know, per month. Right, so it, we've gone from one extreme to another extreme. So there's no safe and there's no like gold that you're chasing, right? So there's gonna be a middle ground for us. I can only talk for Birmingham or, or major cities or even Dubai where we've been to. So the, the first essays or, or the location we're looking for, we're, we're, we're going by location. Um, we target city center and I would always advise my mentees and the people I work with, are we targeting city center? There is a market for houses outside city center like countryside or, or where you've got bigger families wanna stay. The garden. So what we look for is location, um, which is sounds basic, but it's very important. So look for locations, look for hotels uh, around it. So they've done their research. So yeah, they're there. You want to be there. Exactly. So there's a, this. There's a hotel just around the corner. There's two actually. You probably mm. see. So that's what we look for, and I think it's a key point people miss. Look for the hotel locations, whether you're in the city or outside the countryside as well, because mm-hmm. those hotels are only working because there's a demand. Yeah, and it's a reminder that people really need a thing. People do talk about it on courses and stuff, and not really touched on. But hotel use there's a report that you can run on Google um, hotel findings or something in your area. 
So you can, you can, you can this is how I start basically. Even in, in Dubai, you touched on Dubai, and um, we will talk about it in a different segment, but that's what we did when we started from five months ago, right? Look, making sure there's hotels in the vicinities. Mm-hmm. So it's a tourist, yeah, then you go into your tourism market and then your business travelers, your families or whatever, then you start breaking that into that situation. But I would say look for hotels. Um, we work in major cities, so the major cities are tick box because you're always gonna get traffic. Um, and then go down the hotel selection if there's any hotels and then go to your business and tourism. I think that's really important. Sometimes you look in the countryside, middle of nowhere, and you're like, three hotels here, what? Yeah. And that can really, because they spend obviously hundreds, millions, whatever it is on the mm. research of their location before they even build these huge yeah. things. So that's a really good point. Um, and city centre, yeah, makes absolute sense. I think it is, you know, you've got, like you said, you've got X many layers of demand, whereas yeah. you go in the middle of nowhere, you've got demand, but it's not on that kind of level. So, you, you know, people have chosen a place how does someone go about actually then getting an apartment like this? Is it on right move? Is it through relationships? How do you think they can do it at the start? Yeah, so it's the basic things. It's about like, you know, you go on your, your right move if you want to go to agents. So first of all, people need to split in two, two departments or two directions. So either you get it through an agent or through a landlord, right? Direct to landlord, I call it. So when I say direct to landlord, you are the first person, you're the direct contact with the landlord, not through an agent. Mm-hmm. So there's two ways essentially. So what we do, we have partnerships with the agents where we have gone and said, you know, this is the relocation service we provide. This is what we do. Um, and th- this is what we're looking for. So go, go with the end goal in mind, for example. So like find a property. So find one that suits those points that we touched on before in the right area, uh, right quality. So we, you know, we're looking at quality as well. Then go to an agent um, say, this is something we're looking for. And you know, give give your give your um, what do you call a sales page, or give give it what you what you want from them, right? And then and then take it from there. So you got your the landlord on the other side. Same thing. Find something on open rent, mm-hmm. Gumtree, yeah, as well. Uh, what I used to do and what my team does now, we have we still till today, even though we're scaling at a at a different level, we still run searches on on on, on alerts. So basically, we have alert set for mm-hmm. Gumtree and open rent for direct to landlord. Uh, so I would advise new new beginners. Just set, set, an alert, set an alert, you can set an alert yeah, on it. Yeah. Um, nine o'clock every morning, any new properties that come on are pinged on your phone and then you can contact them, be the first one to contact them, whether that's email or whether that's phone. And that's for direct landlord, where you've got your agents, you've got them doing the work for you. So they will let you know, let them know to let you know that please, any property, give me first dibs on it. Of course, that takes building relationships. Yeah. So it gets a bit deeper, you know, so this is an overview. Then you start building relationships with the, with the agents um, and telling them exactly, showing them a bit of credibility. If you work with another, if you're new, see if you can work with someone who's already done a lot of essays or, or a proven track yeah. record. And uh, that, that helps that helps a lot with, uh, with, with agents because there's a lot of, let's be honest, there's a lot of service apartments, operators, someone might listening to this would be thinking, you know, there's other people starting up in my areas. Yes, so one of the things I would say, try and work with someone if you're in that area, try and partner with them or use their credibility, you know, do some kind of a partnership where you can work with agents you can so you know you can still um you're you're capable of running this with someone's knowledge or coaching or, or whatever you're in a partnership with them so agents relationships landlords is a bit difficult to build relationships because it's one-on-one so your first person you're meeting so you're, you're going to say look this is what i offer and again i think it goes back to partnerships again so a lot of my people i work with who started new they've they were partnered with us to know other people who are newbies partner with us to get new apartments 
but they use my credibility or my business credibility. Of course, like a JV, but of brand it's a, basically a JV. So we do that a lot. So maybe for newbies, they look for people around wherever they are, which cities. And some people might be open to it, some not. But I think these are these are things that I didn't know at the start. Um, if I partnered with someone, and I'm not saying partners in like go do 21. Mm. It's your first one or the second one, or the, you know that would add a lot of credibility. If you're getting coached by someone or me- mentored. Use that as an advantage. Don't forget. A lot of people get mentored and forget. Don't even talk about it. Yeah, yeah. agents. Yeah. Because you can go to an agent and say, "Look, my business partner has done this in in Southampton or in London. It don't have to be in the same city." And then that's what I do with the people I work with. So that adds a lot of credibility into the into the relationship. I think something people forget in life and in business and in property is like having a brand. You know, I have millions of followers, but the website, yeah. a nice sort of glossy brochure. Yeah. You know something that when the agent thinks oh who is that you know service person they can go online and be like oh mm. there's something there there's interest there's you know it's that presence even a little instagram or facebook page especially for landlords to kind of look at and say it just adds a layer of validity because yeah. they feel okay you're real you've got proof everyone has a website yeah, it, yeah. whatever it is it's so easy to make but it adds a layer of credibility yeah so you know you found the apartment you know, there's obviously a lot of complexity that goes into this, you know, but we're going to yeah. kind of go over that, yeah. you know, negotiating it, and first month's rent, deposit, all that. How, you know, when it comes to furnishing, mm-hmm. you can go to town and be super expensive, mm-hmm. you can do nothing in it. How do you, and I, well, I think I asked you this before, how do you find the balance of furnishing that it looks sexy and high end, but doesn't break the bank and they can last? Yeah. So there's two things. First of all, you need to set a budget in some kind of terms because I some return on the investment on capital. So do you want to get your money back in six months, five months, four months, seven months, twelve months? So that depends on your appetite, right? And then you you balance that with your quality. So this apartment is sitting in this is quite high end apartment, right? So we probably spend another five hundred pounds on top of a normal budget. So. Okay. It's like a step-by-step thing, so you do need, people do need to understand what is a normal apartment would cost. So if you have never lived in an apartment, never furnished an apartment, so it's a bit difficult to get started. So you need to know, like, okay, it's going to cost me three grand with a bed for wardrobe. Then you work around that three grand number, saying, okay, I want to go high-end with the, the TV unit or with the bigger TV, based on the actual apartment. So this apartment is in a great location. It, it goes, you work backwards, so basically, so I'm, I'm, I'm driving high-end business and high-end tourism customers on here, mm. so we're going to get higher, high-end rates, right? So that extra £500 that I'm going to spend on the budget is going to be returned within seven months, for example, on this one, with the high nightly rate. But if so it was a lower end, that yeah, wouldn't work, you'd have yeah. to spend less. So it's working backwards, if that makes okay, sense. Yeah, you want, yeah. you want to work backwards, say if you've got builders who are staying, who want to pay £20 per person and four of them are going to stay, they don't, they don't want the high end, they don't want the 55 inch TV, right? So it's all working backwards to the, the, the key point here is you wanna, you wanna know your end clientele, you wanna know your, obviously your location, so the end clientele is, is correlated to your location, and then work on the budget, so, but you do need a standard. So we have a standard for two bed. Um, we usually get new bills and stuff with all the, the wardrobe and the beds, so we, we dis- exclude that. Um, we spent about two and a half grand on, on, a, on a two bed in a fancy place like this. So speaking of cost then, how much money do you think, on average, and it varies, you know, it varies a lot from place to place, but on average, how much money does someone need to really get started in SA, just to get one unit? So, depends how hard you work, to be fair, because this, this, gets, this gets again a bit deeper. So you can negotiate no deposit, that would save you a grand, or on average more than a grand. So no. I negotiated no deposit when I started. 
what some people might call it luck or some people might call it good luck negotiation, right? So that saved me a grand and 1,100, right? I negotiated the landlord to provide the basics, the, the wardrobes and the beds. That, that's what I've always done. There are different ways of doing it. Some people want a blank canvas, whereas we were happy because I understood the mattress was the most important thing. This is getting into detail, but the people really care about the mattress, oh, not what yeah. the bed looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as long as you've got the mattress right, guys, we've done 40 plus we're doing, and more, anything that we have feedback on the mattress, no one's ever talked about, you yeah. know, how many legs the bed's got, or what Trust is it wood yeah, or I'm the that. same, when I stay somewhere, it's the mattress. Exactly. So we saved another grand on that. So that, I saved two grand there, okay? So excluding that, I want to be very clear on this, because a lot of people give advice, and then they forget that there's, with, without the big furnitures, mm. or with, so we have excluded that, and then, then you have a you have your normal stuff, sofa, dining table, your cutlery, and your 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 artwork, <clears throat> all your bathroom stuff. So you're talking two and a half grand without that. And but if you include it, four and a half. Four and a half, four grand. If you got a blank slate, I would say four. You have yeah. to get a deposit about four grand. Four and a half. Okay. Yeah. So I suppose for people watching this, you know, I hope this has given you, uh, you know, a kind of brief insight into essay. Of course. There's levels to this, which we do cover in our original podcast, mm-hmm. about an hour of it. Yes, that's got the more, more information. But, yeah. you know, four, four and a half thousand pounds to start an essay, it's a lot less than a buy-to-let deposit. 100%. A yeah. lot less than a HMO. I mean, the stamp duty on a buy-to-let is about four grand at most levels. So, you know, people who are listening, and do you think this as well? If you don't have a huge amount of money, but you have a, a bit of time, essay is a good way to start your property journey? 100% because... It, it is it's what got me here. So I just bought I bought a commercial that we just went to after this and a few other assets that I'm buying. Obviously, we're using Master Finance to buy a lot of other stuff, but SA has created a lot of capital to invest or even my supplement, my tribal lifestyle, you know, so traveling stuff. So SA was a low entry to barrier, uh, so it's so low barrier to entry, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> low barrier to entry uh, into into the property world. Um, no deposit to pay in terms of like buying stuff, no titles and all of that. So yeah, f- four thousand, three and a half thousand, four thousand you can get depending on the areas, right? Um, and then and the returns on it. So like once you spend that money, so if you're looking at this where we're sitting now, we were netting thousand pounds profit on this net, right? Okay, so I mean your money's back pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. So we're talking. I was talking five, four, five months on this one. Yeah, five months. And I suppose for, for people listening, that's realistic. Yeah. You know, some people say, oh, you're your first, your first month. No, like it's, it is not, like sometimes physically it can't happen anyway because yeah. of how it works. So, you know, four or five months to have your initial investment repaid yeah. Yeah. and then it's profit yeah. and you may have a two, three, whatever year agreement with them and you don't own the asset, yeah. so you don't have to deal with the roof falling off or any craziness. Exactly, yeah. You know, if you're ready to put in the work, I haven't done essay because I'm not ready to put in that the work for it, yes. but if you are, it's an incredible strategy, you know, even just one or two of them, yeah. thousand a month, that's the average salary, mm-hmm. two or three of them, right? Exactly, yeah. So this, you make a good point again, it's putting in the work at the start. Um, I can I can sell the dream, it is a dream, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I, if I was to sell the dream, you know, the car and everything, the dream is there. You do have to put in a work, it's not an overnight um, get rich scheme. Um, but right now the boom is happening, We're making 1500 pounds on properties like this per, per month after expenses, you know? so. So the, the money is there, um, as long as you've got the right knowledge, you've got the systems and the softwares and processes that we have, um, at some point people as well, because you're gonna have a team uh, if you're scaling. Uh, but if you wanna just do two or three, four, um, it is a, uh, it's, it's, it's a low investment with a good return, five, four, five, six months uh, to get your money back and uh, start making profit. I like that. Well look, stay tuned for our other videos. Yeah. We're gonna be talking about growing your business 
in a totally different country. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.